Welcome to Hearthside Salons. I'm Heidi Hornbacher of Pagecraft Writing. Each week we bring you conversations with creators and innovators to feed your creative fire. For so many creatives, life becomes a dance of how to pay the bills and honor your creativity. Some of us get sucked inextricably into bill paying and let go of our creative dreams. Some create wildly but can't bridge that divide to art as career. A talented and lucky few get the balance right. For visual artist Emma Ferreira, an I'll show you moment with more practical minded family springboarded her into a life of lessons in trust and living with fear as a constant companion. Emma believes we're always guided to the next part of our journey if we can just listen to our gut. We'll talk today about excavating layers of lived experience, the audacity of valuing your creative voice, and making every moment count. Emma, thank you for joining me on Side Salons. So good to see you. You too, and you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I've known you as an artist. That's how I first met you, and I've known you as an artist now for many years, and I love your work and um, have fortunate enough to have several of your pieces. So uh, I... I've always loved the way you work with stuff. You know, you're, you've never stayed still. You Every time you come, you're like, oh, I've got a new thing out. I've got a new series out. It's always totally different from the last thing you did, which I find really surprising, you know, and um, exciting for an artist. Because I personally, I'm like, I figured out how to do a thing. I'm going to keep doing that thing. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about your journey as an artist. Childhood in Buckinghamshire? What was it like growing up there? How, what was it like in your family? Were they artistic? Were they more businessy minded? Like what was expected of you as a little kid? Well, it was, it was absolutely terrible. And I say <laughs> that, I say that with a side of jest because, you know, growing up wanting to be an artist and to jump into everything the world has to offer and to be creative and to go and see what's out there um, and to be inspired and stimulated. Growing up in uh, Buckinghamshire, which now I, I you know, I, I love, was so confining. It's the countryside. A little, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, here's a little girl that wants to go and capture the world and I live in the country. Yeah. I couldn't wait to jump out as fast as I could. Now, obviously, as I'm older, and then you start to kind of see the beauty in it and how magical and how probably what was happening within me was being inspired because of where I was, because of the silence, you know. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, I find some appreciation for it. But, no, I wanted to run away as fast as I could, as far away as I could possibly get, and to never turn around. <laughs> wow. Wow. It is funny how that, like the small place seems like you can't wait to get away. And then you look and you're like, oh, I see the, the idyllic yeah. nature of it now. And that's probably what my parents were trying to give me. Right. Right. So were your parents cr create, are they, were they, are they creative people? Were they like, yay, our daughter wants to be an artist or were they like, no, you've got to go to law school. So my not really creative, but um, specifically, I remember my mother saying to me, uh, if you are going to be an artist, you are going to be poor. 
<laughs> and I, I remember the exact moment and thinking to myself, no, I'm not. You watch, you wait. That was that, that defining moment that you have as a child when someone wow. tells you something. And yeah. you're like, you know, and you, you, you know, like, no, I'm not. And we, I'll show you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it wasn't, wasn't necessarily encouraged, but it wasn't, it, it was just, this is, this was her, you know, my parents' viewpoint. This is what will happen to you if you take this path, you know, do, do so at your own risk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So eyes open. And yeah, yeah, now your work is collected by like massive people. So it's yeah. like, okay, mom. Yeah, thanks, mom, because you literally, I did that because you told me I couldn't. So, <laughs> so thanks. So much. <laughs> I love it so much. So you were bitten by the travel bug very early yeah. and you wanted to get out and see the world. Um, what, just can you tell me a little bit about like giving yourself permission to just go and like see the world and leave school and just make sure, make that like, this is the best education. Cause my dad always said like the best education you can have is travel. Right. It shapes who you are. So talk to me about that. Well, you know, honestly, it really, st- I think me being an artist wasn't necessarily formed the fact that I had this incredible, like I thought I had an incredible talent, like, Oh, I'm so talented. This is the path I should take. This mm. is where my skill set lies it really was born from what I wanted to do with my life, how I wanted to live my life. Like I wanted to travel around the world and experience everything. Every, like to, 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 to breathe in the smells and to like, you know, to kind of understand different cultures and different belief systems. And so for me, it was how can I do that? What best career path will allow me to, to be that nomadic person you know versus like I because I I went to art school uh, to you know to art school briefly and it wasn't for me I it was the travel bug was was get out there and and like see what see what's out there what what else is there to inspire you yeah I love that what did you learn about yourself in those years as you were traveling and experiencing and tasting and smelling well I learned very, very early on, I learned, I learned to love fear. Ooh, talk about that. I did. I learned to become, I don't even know if I would say friends, but I learned to become acquaintances, comrades, alliances with fear, because I was, I wasn't brave when I was little. I was afraid. I was the only child and I was afraid. And so I learned very quickly that I had to, I had to put fear by my side, not, not behind me where he could lurk in the shadows and come out at any point, not in front of me where he could overshadow who I was. But if I could see fear and he was with me all the time, everywhere I traveled, then what was I afraid of? Because what I was afraid of was sitting right next to me. Wow. That's what I learned about myself very young. Even the fact that I was had to go by myself to a different country with hardly any money, not know, really knowing what I was doing, where I was going. I mean, you know, fear was right there, standing there saying, well, can you really do this, little girl? <laughs> 
So you were traveling alone, not like with friends or would you meet people or? I traveled alone a lot. I met people a lot. I mean, you're never really alone. Yeah. You know, yeah, but when know. you're young and you're traveling, traveling different places, you're never alone. Within days, you meet someone. Yeah. You meet someone else. So, uh, you know, and then you kind of form different groups and go off in different sections. So I was alone, but not alone. Yeah. How did you, how did you decide what, what countries you wanted to visit? Like, were there certain influences you wanted to experience or was it just like, well, just see. I mean, there was influences that I wanted to, to, uh, to kind of digest into. However, I mean, I think honestly, the honest story is one of the first trips I ever took, I had, I went to the airport and, you know, it was back in the day where you could kind of look what's on the board and see what flights were happening. Oh, and how much they were and so the flight one of the I mean I had traveled a lot in Europe but one of the biggest flights I took outside of Europe because you know coming from England Europe it's kind of your backyard yes you know it's not really scary to go to Europe because it's it's right there it's it's right there. It's, it's an hour flight or two hours <laughs> exactly flight. two two hours in your home but one of the first flights I had gone to the airport and I wanted to go somewhere and far and I saw this plane, this on the you know a flight that was going to uh, Canada, and it was really cheap. And I said, "That's that's where I'm going." Amazing! That's like <laughs> that was not what I expected you to say. <laughs> it's just like the exotic wilds of Canada. <laughs> what 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 was that trip like? Like, what did you discover in Canada besides maple syrup and really nice people? I literally I discovered really nice people one it was one of the first I had gone so I got on the plane and I had a bag and I had a little leather jacket and it was October I didn't know much about Canada it's very cold it's very cold I didn't know that in my my youth um I didn't really think about it because it was the plane ticket that I could afford yeah so I get on the plane and I get off the plane you know and here I am in Canada and outside it's snow on the ground and I had this little leather jacket and this, this random man walked up to me and he said, do you have another jacket? And so, okay, I'm from England. Don't mess with me. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm not afraid right. of you kind of attitude, you know? Yeah. And he said, yeah, you don't, you're going to, you're going to freeze here. And he took his jacket off and gave it to me. Oh, come on. Oh, sweet. And so my introduction to the next part of my journey was, it was very much it, it was that well I, I felt safe kindness I felt kindness Ugh. that was hello Canada I felt like okay and the, you know I, I expected the man to say here here's my jacket now come home with me or right you know and as I watched him walk away and just leave I I was very open to the next part of my journey because that's of the nice. kind, kindness of strangers that's beautiful yeah there is something so special about how travel brings that out in people. Like I've had incredibly lucky and beautiful experiences with people in places that I've been just like taking me in or making sure I had a place to sleep that night or making sure I had something to eat when I messed things up and ran, you know, ran out of money or put the wrong card and the wrong thing and, you know, eats your money or whatever. And it's, it's outside of like, you wouldn't look for those experiences or expect them just in your day-to-day life where you are. Right. Yeah. It's almost to me, I feel it's very universal. I feel like we're guided. 
every second of every day into like the next part of our journey if we listen right yes if we if we sit if we if we're able to stand there and listen to what's coming to us we you know you you will hear what you need to know yeah and so for me like that moment was you know again the fear was kind of still by my side but I was able to say okay I feel good about this I feel good about this part of my journey I'm ready you know well, and I feel like so many of us can spend a lifetime learning to listen to that or trying to learn to listen that you have a good, you have a good internal guide if you can just let it be there for you. Yeah. yeah. I feel very, I, I do. I listen a lot. I always have. It's an, I think it's an only child thing. Mm. Yeah. Right? And it adds to creativity, right? As, as yeah. an artist, any kind of artist. Yeah. It's like, you know, you need to listen to what it is you're trying to say. Yeah. Then to me, it's always an amazing process from the time an artist creates something and just says, here's, here's what I'm feeling. Here's how it's going to come out of me in this medium. And then I'm going to ask people for money for it and, and give it to those people for money. You know, that's always such an, an amazing act of audacity in a way and just belief and like I have, my voice has worth that I think so many of us need to learn. Like, what was that like? The, the first time you were like, I'm selling my, I'm selling a piece now. Well, I mean, so I think I had done little things here and there sure. as you travel because you're traveling, you have to make money. So it's like, you do something little and you sell it to, to pay your rent or to, to buy a sandwich, <laughs> whatever you need to do, right? Get clothes. So I had done little things, but you know, you were, you will use the word audacity. I think it's a word I've carried around well. And I think it served me really well. I think my first major art show, which was uh, here in, in, in Venice Beach, actually, I was showing with um, some other artists and their work was way more valuable than me. I had wang- I had seeked my way in there, kind of wangled in, you know, with my audacity and my boldness and my English accent, somehow <laughs> sneaked, it, sneaked in there. And so, you know, I'm looking around and, you know, I see that the artwork on the wall is 10,000, 5,000, you know, and I hadn't been charging that kind of prices. I had been, you know, selling art to live. And so, you know, I wasn't going to, to um, think about it too much, I just put the 10,000 price tag on my artwork, just like everyone else. Right, Why not? yeah, sure. Yeah, and so and I walked away and I actually didn't think about it too much. Will it sell, won't it sell? I didn't, I, I just allowed it to be what it was gonna be and I sold. Oh my God. That's so, so there great. was that, there was that line I wasn't going back from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such an incredible validation of like, you know, you're like, here's my voice. And then someone else is like, yes, your voice has worth. I will pay that. Thank you very much. Right. Very much so. I tend not to think about that. That may stop me from what I need to be doing oh, what no. I need to do. <laughs> you know, I think as an artist, I think that's what uh, most artists do. Um, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, am I, am I worthy? Are my thoughts, my expressions, are yeah. they worthy of? what somebody else yeah. will pay or, or will it inspire anyone? Yeah. It, 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 it is. It's a, it's a beautiful dance. 
However, it's a dance I don't like to do. No, but it's, I was going to say it's a beautiful stake in the ground to say like, yeah, that's the price of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, I know for me as a woman and as an artist, I am terrified of putting high prices on things. And I know that I undervalue and I undercharge for everything, you know, and it's right. just like, okay, how do I, and I'm terrified of putting those prices up high and then having everyone go, no, you know? And so I just, it's so beautiful. I'm like, oh, you just did it. And, and the universe said, yes. And I love that. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's because fear sits right next to me. I think yeah. sometimes fear is like, okay, you're going a bit overboard. Let's bring it down. <laughs> that's too I much. <laughs> I think that's amazing. So what did draw you to LA in the first place? Um, I really, I had, I, had, I had come to LA, basically through LA. Um, I had traveled around a lot and I had wanted to come to America and I came to Los Angeles. I came to Hawaii, uh, excuse me, I came to um, Hollywood and I lived in Hollywood for a couple of months and I really disliked it. I really, really disliked it. I did, I thought it was quite dirty. It I, is. I didn't understand the people. Um, I think, you know, English mentality is if you say something, you're going to do it. You know, you can say, I'm going to meet you here next year at, at 12, right here, 12 o'clock next year. Yeah. And 12 o'clock next year, that person You'd will most likely be there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come hell or high water. Like somebody could tell you they're going to meet you in 10 minutes in LA and, you know, not show up because. Yeah. It's traffic. Feel, it's yeah. Traffic. Didn't feel like it. So I really didn't like it, understand it. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't, your, wasn't, it wasn't at your integrity level. It was not. My soul was, my soul was craving to leave. So I left and I moved to Hawaii for a year. And that was better. Dreaming, it was which island? Um, Oahu first. Nice. Uh, I, I, I later went back and lived in Maui for a while, but just a while. Yeah. So that was very dreamy. It was dreamy. It was fun. It was, you know, everything you want to do when you're kind of in your um, early 20s. And then I had to go home to England and I came, I had to stop for one night in Venice, it's the, the tri- uh, Venice, uh, California. That was the ticket that I had. I, you know, the 15 flights, 15 stops sure. to, get, to get to like 15 stops and you have to fly on the wing. To yeah. to, hold on. Know. Hold on. We'll hold give on. you some duct tape. Oh, yeah. Hold on tight. We'll send you out some water and a cracker. It was one of those flights. Anyways, I ended up in Venice Beach staying with my friend for one night and we went to an art show. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. There was all these bohemian, yeah. bohemian kids doing all this wild stuff and, you know, just being creative and having fun. And I said, well, I'm just going to stay for a little while. Nice. Yeah. I've never left. (laughs) You found your, found your tribe. I found my tribe. Yeah. I I feel LA is very much like that. It's often, I like to talk about it and I did not make this up. I can't take credit, but like, what is it? 28 small towns all smushed together to form one city. And there's just, there's so many different flavors of city, of town, that if you are in the wrong one, you'll get the completely wrong impression of what LA could be like. Completely. Yeah. Literally, you could walk another block and suddenly you are in like, you know. So different. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, It's beautiful, actually. When when you think about it like that, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that, that all this incredible kind of, 
cultures condensed into this space. Yeah. Yeah. I first moved here and lived sort of um, not in, I was inland from Venice, but not quite as far as, not as far north as Westwood and not oh, sort of, it was Culver City, but it wasn't really Culver City. It wasn't the cool part of Culver City, I guess now. And I just, I, I felt so adrift. And then I finally, one day I was working at Paramount and I just was driving around after work and I discovered be, the Beachwood Canyon area. And I was like, oh, so I moved there and I was just, that was my little soul nurturing part of town. And I was just like, never looked back. So it's just, you just got to find that place uh-huh. that fits you. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about one of your major series, the reality of my illusion. Yeah. Um, what, and cause you really, you work so much with layers in that. And also just the theme of it, that, that everyone's reality, you know, it's like, we all have this illusion of how we look at the world and that it's like, yeah, sure. That's reality. So for you, for you. So talk to me about how you came to that theme and then specifically your work with layers. So you know, I think one day I was, I don't know what I was doing, I can't quite recall, but I remember just sitting down and thinking, my, what was once my illusion, my desire, my fantasy is now my reality. <sighs> and then I traced back in my head and thought about everything that I have desired has become my reality. All of the illusions that I have had in my head have become real. And so I found it so, um, I found it so inspiring. So, 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 um, the master manifester. Uh, uh, yeah. And it was at that moment that I, re- that I realized, I mean, I know that I, I, am, I, I have manifested my whole life, but when I really realized not just one thing, it was everything. Um, it became very important to me to kind of really nurture that that brand or that that moment, that feeling. Mm. Um, and so because I'm an artist, it's like, you know, a visual artist, it's like, how do I best express this, right? So I took to layerism, right? Because layerism is putting one piece on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. Now, many different artists work in different ways with layers. And the way I work is I tend to put on and on and on, and then I take off. So how I do that is I sand it off. Yeah. Because once you've stuck one piece of paper to another or whatever, you know, one material to, to, to material, different materials to each other, you know, you can't just take well, them yeah. off. Pull them off and, you know, so, you know it's, not, it's not Lego. So I tend, I sand them off. Um, and I love, for me, it's like the action, like this is life, right? We are just, we are energy forces, whatever you want to call it, that on top of the energy is skin and flesh and bones and blood and, you know, all of, all of the good stuff. And so for me, uh, this is what life is, right? It's like we pile on top from our childhood yeah. to our teens to everything is piled, 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 piled. Beautiful. That's great. And then we're left with this, whatever, this, us. Right? Mm-hmm. For me, there's a lot probably I piled on top that I didn't want there. 
yeah. didn't need there should actually have never been put on top of me in the first place, given to me by somebody else, handed down. And so when I was doing the work, what I found when I when I what I found is layers and layers and layers, but then I found it was so therapeutic taking them off, sanding them off, yes, and creating beauty in there, being able to expose the parts underneath that perhaps should have been there in the first place. Right. So it's kind of this metaphor for life, but it's also creating something visually that now it's like I should have never covered this up because it mm. looked it, it really stands out. However, if I had never put the two layers on top of that, what's going on around the piece that I've now, you know, taken back to its its natural self wouldn't wouldn't be the same. So, you know, it's the the action of layering on and then taking off, which is the real, that's the real dance for me. That's amazing. That's, I love that how much metaphor for life there is in that, you know, it's like the trauma or the upset or the, you know, unhelpful thoughts about ourselves that we take on and, you know, just being, okay, well, what can I pull away? And if I hadn't gone to the bad or dark or whatever un, unserving place first I wouldn't necessarily appreciate so much what's what's there when you when you when you when you let go of those thoughts right and how nothing is accidental I didn't accidentally put these pieces of paper mm -hmm. or these materials on top of that I did it purposely for whatever reason, I, I decided that it needed, I needed this color or this style or this material. I did mm -hmm. it purposely. And this is, you know, again, what you're saying, whatever, whatever lands onto us, I don't believe it's an accident. Mm -hmm. I believe it's purposeful. I believe that like it creates who we are. It gives us foundation. It, 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 it creates our story. Yeah. I feel, and I feel like you've, you've, answered this already but I still just want I wanted to put in the in these words like what is it that you love about creating what do you find about yourself in your in the act of creating oh for me there's no other way <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you know I mean like talking about being a child uh and thinking well you know get backing bucking and shit that I wasn't going to do anything else other than create Right. Yeah, that that is my story. Well, how, uh, how ask me the question again? Exactly, I'm trying to answer your question. Yeah, in the way that you answered it. But sure. I just <laughs> no, I love that. I, I said, what do you love about creating, and what do you find about yourself in the act of creating? So yeah, you know, to it's it's freedom, right? Freedom of expression. That's my. I feel like that's so that's such a beautiful place to be and you know instead of so many people have jobs where it's like you just go and you do the rote tasks and it's not about creation it's just about doing mm -hmm. and a lot of us that are that are creatives end up in a doing part of creativity that's less fun and less freeing and just to come back to that place of no everything is creation right yeah it's complete freedom for me and I think you know when I talk when I talk about, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I needed to be an artist. I knew that I needed to create a lifestyle that would allow me freedom, mm -hmm. right? Freedom to express, freedom of choice. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I feel probably a lot of people feel that way. You know, we all want that, right? Yeah. I'm, I feel very grateful that I was able to recognize that at a young age and then kind of go after it. I love that. So and then I also wanted to touch on Gypsy Kiss because that I think is the perfect marriage of travel and art. I was like, <laughs> that is brilliant that she did that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Kiss of the Gypsy. Kiss of the Gypsy. Oh, I down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. See, I knew I was like, I could tell that I was getting it wrong in some way. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to see that we're starting to see here that my life has a theme, you know, yes. right? So it was uh, what it, it was a game. What this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to travel around the world and stay in five star hotels. I mean, you know, that's the the, the legitimate answer, and that's the yeah. honest truth. Yeah. And so, how do I make that happen with and, what I have in front of me? And being unapologetic about it too. It's just gorgeous. Well, who doesn't want to do that? You know. Yeah. So. And it was also in a time, I think it was, it was around, uh, it was a time when the market wasn't so great and it just kind of life dictated that we change our format. I changed it, I had to, had to change my format of, you know, pieces weren't flying off the wall. So it's okay, well, let's create, what do I do now, right? So, um, you know, I, I figured, well, let's, this is a good time to travel, take off and, and uh, you know, but how, how do you do that? How do you? travel and style and uh, and and make it all happen and so I formulated this plan to create Kiss of the Gypsy and I had already been shooting these images in hotel rooms prior anyway so it wasn't completely you know it wasn't completely just born out of just a need to travel but it 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 did it grew very 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 quickly um, to different hotels saying hey well you can come to our hotel and shoot you know we want to do that and then we just you know make sure that like you mention us in the book and tell your friends about us and all of this and so you know I saw that this was working very well so we formulated a plan very quickly to spread this <laughs> into Europe and then some of Africa and different places and Asia and that was uh that was a beautiful experience because it is it's a it's a, a coffee table book right an art book that's come out of it as well as of course individual prints exactly I mean we're still we're still doing it we're still creating it because we feel like you know is something ever finished you know just another edition <laughs> just another edition exactly we feel like we could we could add more and we, we can do we can do better things and so we're still in the midst of creating it but it was it was a very incredible uh has been this far a very incredible journey meeting lots of beautiful creative people traveling to different landscapes and shooting these incredible images in hotel rooms all over the world yeah you know and then having to deal with just finding these models in different places and I mean the stories I could tell you just go on and on and on but yeah, I'm still inspired by how quickly that manifested because I remember actually the the very day that it began that that for me that I I grew it. I was I was watching a movie and in the movie the woman got off of a river and she went into the Hotel Danielli, which is in Venice, Italy, and I the my then my stomach went into these knots 
And my then boyfriend, who's now my husband, he looked at me and he knows me so well. And he's like, oh God, she wants to go there. Like he gave me this look like she wants she wants to go on a Riva and stay in this hotel. Great. <laughs> well, literally, and I did. I I just thought the elegance of the moment and what she was doing in Venice and the rain and how everything was happening just inspired. I wanted to go there. When I tell you that I was there four months later, in Getting off of a river, the hotel Danny Ellie had signed on to sponsor me. I got off of the river, they held my hand and they welcomed me just as they had the woman in the movie. Uh, you're like, My within, life is a movie. <laughs> within four months, this happened. That's amazing. So, this is the reality of my life. Yes, that is so awesome. Yeah, and I think I mean, my, my piece. Of, of your pieces that I have, my favorite one is the, is the one from that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Thank so, you. So lovely. So you're obviously, you've never stopped. You, what, what's next for you? What are you working on? What are you reaching towards? What's your next illusion that you're bringing to reality? Well, as you know, we were just forced into some quarantine time, which was interesting. And so I write a lot of, uh, I write a lot, you know, just generally just kind of, I write out my thoughts and my feelings and I try to uncover them to myself. Mm. Um, and so I was, one day I sat down and I was writing a poem. I was thinking about the, my next series, which I'm still thinking about and very um, eager to get into, which is based, a lot, based around a lot more uh, words. Mm. But so I was just writing a poem and then I realized, you know, it was dark outside and I'd written really like 5,000 words. I thought, this isn't a poem. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really long poem. And so I was enjoying what I was writing so much that every day I just sat down and I just wrote and wrote and wrote and then eventually realized that I had kind of written a memoir. I love it. So, I mean, you know, I have never thought of myself as an author, but the process of what I, what I have been doing to just, just, you know, get this out of me has been uh, probably one of the most spectacular moments of my life so far. Amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't know. We'll see. Is it going to be a book? Is it just going to be something that inspired me to move on and do something other? I don't know. I love that you just allow yourself to be guided by your intuition and what inspires you instead of feeling like, oh, I must do X. I must use paint. I must use photography. I must, you know, it's like, there's no, I must with you. Yeah, no, it's like, I must, I must like follow my soul journey, you know, yeah. what, whatever that is. Um, you know, and I do want to say, it's like, I feel like I'm very lucky as an artist because you know, I'm also like a, a savvy entrepreneur, which a lot of my artist friends are not. Very true. So, you know, because of that, I've been able to make money and I've been, that allows me to step back and say, okay, I can do this now. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I think part of uh, the hardship sometimes we face as creative people is like, how do I pay my bills and, and how do I fully honor my creativity? Yes. Right. And so, 
you know, I think there should be a lot more classes actually taught on that, to be honest. Um, you know, because we want to travel around the world and honor our, honor our souls. It's fabulous. Sure. <laughs> right? But, you know, not everyone can do that. However, as you know, I, I, I do feel very lucky and honored that, um, you know, I've worked really, really hard and been able to have some huge successes. Yeah. And, you know, you have to put those successes away for the rainy days. Yes. Right. Very true. So I feel like you already have said what you would have said, but I would love to know what you would say to your child self, that little girl in that little town, that little, that little um, rural part of England sitting there wishing she could get out. What would you say to her? Oh, gosh. I would simply say to her, and I, I have spoken to her, some sometimes um but I would say I would say trust yourself trust you know you got this you trust yourself yeah yeah I love that I feel like so many people I speak to we talk about also regrets and I feel like you're not a person of regrets no you're just a person Mm -hmm. you're just like yep that's what I'm doing and that's what I'm about and there it is here it is in my life boop I mean, most of the time, you know, I regret eating that last cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> that I never regret. <laughs> oh, you know, I regret the cupcake, but the big things in life, I'm like, I regret that. You know, it got me to here, right? Yeah. The cupcake I could have done without. <laughs> Dang, it was, it was a super yummy two minutes. <laughs> well, there we go. We all have different, different needs. <laughs> Thus, what makes the world go around. Exactly. You, would you would you like to share a poem? I could. There's one, you know, I there's one on fear that probably is quite fitting with this conversation, but this is yeah. one of my this is one of my favorites, however. Oh good. I, I, good. Think I, I will end on this one because, because I feel like it's quite fitting to everything, actually. Life belongs to death. For he waits patiently for your last breath from the moment you take your first. And it is he that watches over you, waiting to take you home. But death is not for darkness, but rather for light. We are born to die, but everything in between belongs to us. It is only because of death that I have lived unapologetically, so wild and untangled. Without death, I would waste the days and the nights, and the infinite would never stop. If death is just a state of silence, then in this life, I will be heard. So that when we meet again, I have nothing left to say, except thank you, my elusive friend. I am ready to go home. Wow. I like that one. That's great. Really beautiful. Oh, thanks, Heidi. That's it, right? Isn't isn't that the story? Right, yeah. right. We're here. We're die. We're gonna die. Yeah. So everything in between belongs to us. That's that is it. a fantastic message. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Where can people find your work? As of now, I'm kind of in between doing a new series. So the website doesn't really. Con- my website, emmaferreira.com, um, doesn't really contain anything new. But okay. I'm playing around on. I'm playing around on. Um, Insta with, okay. um, under the handle the reality of my illusion okay great yeah 
Hopefully we'll have people find you there. All right. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this and I can't wait to see what you do next. Me too. So excited. <laughs> next time on Hearthside Salons. Growing up in Northern Ireland, the Troubles were part of Joan Burney's world. Having sparked a career at the BBC in London, Joan wondered how she could give back, how she could bring people from opposite sides together. Her work with young storytellers through Cinemagic has had an international impact. We'll talk about the power of film to bring people together and the value of being braver sooner. Special thanks to our graphic and sonic designer, Joel Harris. Our theme music is by Lachey Swing. For more on our script coaching, online concept to pages screenwriting courses, and writing retreats in Italy, again someday, or to be part of our live recording audience, visit us at pagecraftwriting.com, at pagecraftwriting on Instagram, and at pagecraftwrite on Twitter. I'm Heidi from Pagecraft. Thanks for listening and stay well. <laughs>